black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Pastor Ken Davis. He is the pastor of Seventh Day Adventist Church in Midland and Odessa, Texas. Uh, pastor, thank you again for coming in. I know you pastor three churches. That's right. But I didn't write down the other area. Big other, Spring. Big Spring. Sorry about that. Uh, what is Seventh Day Adventist? What does that mean? Seventh day means that we worship on the seventh day of the week rather than the first day, and that's the day that Jesus worshiped on, and that's the day that his apostles worshiped on. In fact, in the book of Acts, you'll find 84 Sabbaths that they kept. It's recorded there after his resurrection. And then Adventist meaning we look for the soon coming of Jesus Christ, and that's, that's what we're here for. That's what we try um, to promote. Two questions about that. On the seventh day meaning Saturday for you guys. Right. Why does it matter which day you worship him on? Well, because Jesus gave this, you know, in, the, in Genesis, you know, at the creation. And so that was not for the Jew, that was for mankind. And so that's still the day that uh, Jesus wants us to worship on. In fact, in Mark 2, uh, 27, 28, he says, you know, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so that's why we worship on the Sabbath day. Why we want to honor him and we want to honor what he set down at creation. And also, not only at the time of Jesus, but also uh, in Isaiah, it talks about the new earth and the new heavens will come to worship him on, on the Sabbath. You know, and primetime pushes that as well. And then, uh, you know, secondly, we look for the soon coming. Um, you have not always believed this way. You were no. Baptist before. I was Baptist and Presbyterian and Methodist and what have. Um, and when I learned about the Sabbath from my uncle at my mother's passing, I just uh, dug into the Bible and found out that w that was the truth. And so that what, is that the one thing that caused you to switch from Baptist? That's one of the things. Yeah. What's the other thing? The other thing was uh, what happens when you die. And I read in John 11 where Jesus said that, you know, death is asleep. And then uh, in First uh, Thessalonians, it also talks about that when Jesus comes at the time of the resurrection, you know, he will raise those that are asleep in the graves and uh, take them to be with him in heaven. So, um, when, when Jesus said that death is a sleep, did he mean a physical sleep? You know, like you go from your body to, I mean, a, a physical sleep or a spiritual sleep? Because it, it, it seemed to me that, you know, most people are spiritually asleep they're not conscious of God and so and in a sense that is a death to be unconscious of God right and it, some people wake up from that most don't did he right. mean that kind of sleep or to leave the body and lay in a grave well see in the context of which Jesus speaks of death being asleep he's talking about Lazarus being in the grave he had been in the grave four days and so he said you know his disciples didn't understand either and so he said you know he, uh, Lazarus was asleep you know and, and his disciples said, well, if he's asleep, he'll get better. But then he goes on in verse 14 of John 11 and says, you know, he spoke plainly of Lazarus being dead. What do, uh, so you're waiting 
When would Jesus return? According to the Seventh-day Adventist, when would he no return? No one knows when he's going to return. And are there signs to say that he is, is close, near to happening, close yes. to happening? Yes. And, and what are those signs? Matthew 24, Jesus, uh, you know, in the whole chapter, he just lays out, you know, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be people uh, professing to be uh, uh, his prophets. There's going to be false Christ. We've seen much of that, but there's going to be earthquakes and, and famines and, and all kinds of pestilence, you know. And he says, you know, my coming is near when you see those signs. Do we have false prophets amongst us now? I believe so. Who are they? I don't know who they are specifically, but I believe there are false prophets, you know. Why do you believe there are and there's no evidence that there are, they are here? Well, you know, I don't want to take a particular one, but, uh, you know, there's people teaching false things. Um, you know, I, I could use uh, Heaven's Gates or uh, Jim Jones or, you know, Waco uh, with David Koresh or what have, you know, so there are those people there. Uh, those are extremes. Right. right? So are, there, are there those that are not <coughs> so extreme that we don't recognize that they're there? Uh, probably. You know, there's there's many that portray uh, that uh, they're praying for people, some of these televangelists and what have you know, and then they're not doing it. They find their their uh, uh, prayer request in the trash and things like that. You know, these these are the kind of people that play on us. So I don't want to right, know, mention people. What what are you? What's your essence coming from a Baptist to Seven Day Adventist? What is your impression of the Baptist religion now? Oh, they're good. Uh, beautiful people, you know. Are they uh, right or wrong? Well, I would say, you know, many of them have a good walk with Jesus and they're just not aware of a few things in the Bible that they, you know, they need to be aware of. But So, are they right or wrong? You know, I just say that they just don't know <laughs> everything yet. That's but all. if they're not knowing, are they right or are they wrong? I think, you know, many of them are following Christ the best way that they know, and I believe at some point uh, Jesus will inform them what they need to know. But you don't know if they're right or wrong. Huh? Well, you know, I'm I saying mean, as a pastor, don't you have a responsibility if it's wrong to say this is wrong, so that you can point the right way? Yeah, and I try to point people the right way, but so I, I don't like to label them wrong. I mean, why not? If it's wrong, it's wrong. What well, is, what I, other label would you call it? <laughs> I understand, you know, but I don't like to put people down. I like to inform them about what the right way is. Uh, you know? So is it a put down when you tell a person that you are wrong? It can be. Why? I mean, God, Christ said we were wrong. He said you're sinners. He called Lions preachers too. liars, a bag of bones, and thieves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He called you a personal name, personal attack. Right. Why is it wrong to do it now? Well, but he did that. In, in one sense, where people were uh, vehemently opposing him, and that I would do the same way. But, you know, by the same token, he'd take people that were in the wrong, like uh, Mary, who was caught in sin, you know, and say, you know, I don't condemn you. Go right. and sin no more. I want to go uh, uh, back once again about the, the, Christ, the Baptist and the, and the uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Mm -hmm. Which way is the right way? The Baptist way or the Seventh-day Adventist way? Well, I believe, you know, that uh, the Seventh-day Adventists are correct. I believe that, you know, other people need more information. So the Seventh-day Adventist way is the right way? 
I believe, you know, ultimately it's the right way, but, you know, the personal relationship with Jesus is the right way. What would happen? Just because um, somebody's a Seventh-day Adventist doesn't mean that they're going to be saved. Right. What would happen to me? I'm a Christian, a, Christ, a non-denominational Christian. Right. If I don't become a Seventh-day Adventist believer and I should die as a non-denominational Christian, mm -hmm. what would happen to me? That's up to Christ because... He goes by what you know at your point. Am of, I on the right path, though, or the wrong I path? I believe so, absolutely. So I don't necessarily have to become a Seventh-day Adventist in order to know God or be born again? No, oh, okay. absolutely not. What is the purpose of becoming one, then? The purpose is because if you, you, know, you see the truth, and you, you know, then you want to follow it. So uh, my, my belief is, and what I try to help people do is, come into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, observing all the things that he has commanded, and not just some. Okay, and some religion teach some, and right. all. Right. The seven-day teaches all. As best we know. Are the seven-day Adventist people those people that come by your house on Saturday morning when you're still in bed? No. No, that's not the people? No. Who am I thinking of? Someone knock on your door. <coughs> no, not the Mormons. There's another group, Jehovah Witness. What's the difference between Jehovah Witness and seven-day Adventists? Do you know? Jehovah Witness, uh, I believe, uh, incorrectly uh, believe that Jehovah is the Father rather than Jesus Christ. And um, they, they believe that they're going to work their way to heaven by going out and witnessing. That's a must for those in the Jehovah Witness. Uh, and are they belief. wrong? Uh, I think they're wrong in many areas, yes. But why can't you say the Baptists are wrong, then, if you can say the Jehovah Witnesses are wrong? Well, my understanding is, you know, that the Jehovah Witness do not believe in um, being saved by faith, and they do not believe specifically that Jesus is God. Oh, he is just, he is, uh, you know, Man. a God, but he is not the God. Oh, I see. What is salvation, according to the Seventh-day Adventists? What is salvation? Salvation is having a belief in Jesus Christ, uh, not just to the point of believing what he says, but then following what he says and having a connection with him, a personal relationship. And what are you saved from when you receive salvation? What are you saved from? I'm saved from the penalty of death because all, all have uh, sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Jesus, you know, gives me a relationship with him. He covers me with his robe of righteousness, with his blood, so that I'm forgiven and have an opportunity to be with him forever. So you're saved. I'm, I'm sorry again. What are you saved from? I'm saved from my, my, the, the penalty of my sins. From sin. You're saved right. from sin. Mm -hmm. And what is sin? Sin is the transgression of the law, as First John 3, 4 tells us. Uh, can you give me examples of sin? Well, sin is, is basically uh, pointed out through the Ten Commandments. Uh, you know, uh, loving God only and not having idols, not worshiping idols. And in, in our today's, in our society today, you know, idols can be anything from money to possessions to uh, 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 children to mates to women right. to whatever and so you're saved from that mm -hmm. you're saved from loving money loving women loving drugs or loving whatever it is you're mm -hmm. that you're into mm -hmm. 
how do how do we become sinners? I don't ever remember volunteering to become a sinner. How do we become sinners? We're born into sin, you know, because of this world and the way it is. We are sinful by nature, and we need that rebirth. And how did we become a sinner? We are. I know we understand. You said we we're born into it. So mm -hmm. are you saying that prior to the physical birth, we were not sinners? Like when we're in the mother's womb, are we sinners at that point? Uh, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to leave that one alone because I, 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 you know, I think yes, in a sense, because we are by nature sinful. Okay, so you're not sure if we're why in the womb that we are sinners, and what I mean, you're not sure if we are sinners in the womb and we become a sinner once we leave the womb, or. At well, I think by nature, by, by nature, we are sinful. So I guess within the womb right. as well, yes. The, 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 uh, the Baptists teach and other, some other religious teach, Christian, non-denominational religions mm -hmm. teach mm -hmm. that because of what Adam did, we became sinners at that point. So we're kind of taking on his sin. Mm -hmm. So it seems as though even at conception or whatever, we, right. because of Adam, we just kind of... So mm -hmm. if that's the case, it happened even before the womb then. Probably, huh? Well, I don't think it could happen before the womb, but you know, at, at you know, when we conception when, or problem, huh? Well, whenever we take on a mind or whatever, then can you be saved from sin and still sin according to the seventy of Do you still sin once you're born again or once you're saved? Absolutely, we all know that in our everyday life. So you still sin? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, as a pastor, do you sin? Absolutely. What are your sins? Well, you know. Overeating, wanting this or that, or, or uh, you know, just a multitude of everything and anything that's possible. And so, if you're still sinning as a pastor, how do you tell your congregation not to sin? Or well, do you, you tell them not to? You know, my 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 whole uh, point in sermons and what have is to help us have that closer walk with Jesus and realize that you know, by grace we are saved. When the Bible says that. If a man says that he know God mm -hmm. and he sins, he is a lie and the truth is not in him. And this is John, right? Uh, First John, I believe. Mm -hmm. God said, if a man says that he know God right. and he sins, he doesn't mean that we have not sinned because we're all supposed to right. repent and overcome sin by being born again. Right. So once you're born again, God then says that if we say we are born again mm -hmm. and still sin, we are a lie and the truth is not in us. What does he mean by that? If you're saying that it's okay to, that we still do sin, what you're born again? Yeah, the problem is, you know, we are trying to overcome. Okay? But isn't that and, what the new birth that you have overcome and now you're no longer doing that? That would be wonderful if we had no sin. So but we, 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 we don't, we're not sinless, even though we are born again, you know. Uh, so we when still he said sin. That we are lie if we are born again and still sin. What does he mean? I just want to you know, understand that. Okay, uh, you know that means that we're overcoming some areas in our life, but as we journey through this life, we still sin. We still have areas that we're still trying to overcome. We put away many and um, maybe the majority of our, our evil ways and what have, but we're still day by day. And by sinning, I'm saying that you know we have ones that we don't purposely commit, but we do by negligence or not realizing it. Um, sin is of darkness, right? 
not of God. Mm -hmm. Sin is not mm -hmm. of God. And born again is of God. Right. You're of the light. You're of right. God. And God said you can't be both. So if you're still sinning and you're of the light, he said you can't be both. How are you going to be with him if you're still of darkness? I don't understand that. Okay. Um, I think the best way to, to say it is, you know, again, you know, we put away those ways that we were living before we met Christ. But that doesn't mean that I'm totally sinless now. I, I'm not doing the gross and negligent things that I was doing before I met Jesus. But there are still times when I'm short-tempered with somebody. There are still times when I'm not as sharing as I need to be. There are still times when I didn't, you know, something slipped out of my mouth or, or something like that. So, you know, there's still some sin in my life. It's smaller the grossness is gone, but there's still the areas that I need to overcome. And are we separated from God during those times that we were doing the small sins? Because sin is what separated right. us from Him, right? Right. So during those moments when we're born again, but yet we commit the small sins, are we separated from Him in those times? I don't believe so. But because the simple fact that God is still speaking to us. If you and I are talking about Christ, then that means we're not separated. It's when people just don't even want to hear about it. That's when they're separated. The Seventh-day Adventists uh, don't believe in speaking in tongues after Christians do. Is that true? We believe in speaking in tongues as, as the Bible tells it, and that is in a known language, as Acts 2 points out. A known language? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, as it talks about here in Acts 2, uh, the different uh, people that were in attendance there each heard in their own language. And that's what I mean by speaking in tongues, a known language. English. It's not, right, English or, or, Spanish, or Spanish or Russian or Croatian or whatever. So the people who are speaking in the unknown language, that, is that of God? I don't believe so. You don't believe, and where did that come from? I think that came from the devil as a counterfeit. And For so, whatever God has, the devil always has a counterfeit. Yeah, that's true. So people who are speaking in tongues They've been taught that by their preachers that they can do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what you gonna, what's going to happen to those folks? What did that? Well, I mean, I, so they're speaking to the devil then when they do, when they do that, right? Many instances that I've found uh, in in magazines and other writings, you know, tell me that you know that they don't even know what they're saying. You know, my God is a God of order and. And he wants us to understand, and that's what uh, Corinthians tells us, that he wants us to understand and know what's going on. You have the intention of a large audience right now, and many of them are Christians who speak in the uh, quote-unquote unknown tongue. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? What, what would, as a pastor, what would be your advice? What would you say to them? Well, I'd, I'd say, you know, that they need to search the scriptures about this one uh, particular thing, and that is, to find out what the scripture says on the known tongues that it talks about in Acts. That is of God. Paul warns us many times in Corinthians to watch out for, for those that do not speak in a known language. He says if you do that, then you need to have somebody interpret. And I've read many articles about people that were at meetings and someone would get up and speak in an unknown tongue and those around would not understand. And somebody else in the audience says, well, I understood that language, and that was Hebrew, or that was right. uh, uh, Italian, or something like that. And they would say, 
you know, this person was not blessing God. They were saying, you know, uh, curse God, bow down and worship me, or something to that effect. Wow. That's interesting. So a lot of people, if that's true what you're saying, a lot of Christians are suffering then because they think that they're praying to God when they're really not. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, that is amazing to me. H how do you know that's true, though, what you're saying, rather than, I mean, your well, way being true? you know, I'm, I'm just saying. Have you, have you ever believed that speaking an unknown tongue was the right way? Did you at one time think that was the right way? No, I questioned it for a long time until I studied it for myself. And, uh, you know, I've had many uh, sincere people come to me and they say, you know, Pastor, I could never get into uh, this unknown language. I could never have this prayer language and what happened. I wanted it and what happened. I said, but I said, don't you think if God thought that that was so important, he would give it to you? And, you know, I said, you need to search the scriptures of, of where it talks about, you know, speaking in a known language. That's what uh, God is interested in. I had an, an evangelist go to um, Africa here not too long ago, and he was trying to speak uh, to some people on the street. And as he spoke, that person heard in their own language. That's the gift of tongues. Um, women, there are men and women becoming preachers now. Mm -hmm. You know, had some churches. Mm -hmm. And some of them are co-preachers, or pastors, or ministers, whatever, with their husbands. Uh, is that accepted in the Seventh-day Adventist religion as well? We use uh, women as, as preachers, yes. And you use them, but does God call them to do it, or you just uh, let them do it because they feel they want to? Uh, I believe they must be called because uh, God wouldn't use them otherwise. Is there anything in the Seventh-day Adventist Bible that's, do you use the same Bible as Christians? Right? We use the King James. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in the Bible that says that God called women to be preachers? I haven't seen anything that God called them to be preachers, but I have seen that he does call them to be prophets. Yes. Um, and so if God doesn't call them to be preachers, why would you allow that to happen in your, in your church or your religion? You know, I, you know, God uses people, and if he used women as prophets, I don't have you know, I, I see that that's a, a valid thing as, it, as preachers as well, because prophets were doing both. So you don't follow the Bible exactly what it says? <clears throat> I think that's following the Bible because uh, he's using them. But if there's no, and I don't want to just pound on it, but if there's <laughs> no evidence in the Bible and you want to do the right thing, especially since you left, you know, Baptist mm -hmm, and you're trying to really mm -hmm, find that right mm -hmm, way, mm -hmm. if there's no evidence in the Bible that God call women to be preachers, ministers, and all that kind of stuff, why would you accept it, period? Why would you, like, excuse it? Well, like I said, you know, he, if he uses prophets as women, and he does. But, and so you said in the Bible, it made, it made it clear he uses women as prophets, right? Right. Well, give me an example of that in the Bible where he uh, used women uh, as prophets. Because I've never seen that either. I'm, I'm sorry, right now I can't think of uh, who it was. In the New Testament, uh, I think it was Philip's daughters that's uh, mentioned, but uh, I, I can't remember exactly. We got I'm going to have you stay over. I'd like you to find, <coughs> find that for me because I, I can't find in the Bible where God used women as prophets or preachers. Okay. Uh, and I want to just ask this question again about the preacher thing. It doesn't say in scriptures anywhere 
even if I mean, even if he did say, okay, I'll let you guys do some little prophet stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But he still doesn't say, I'll allow you to be a preacher or a minister or a pastor, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't say that, right? It does not say specifically as right. ministers so or priests. So why would you go with it then? If, it's, if, if the Bible is your what guides you, why would you deviate from that? Why would you say, okay, I'll well, get in. If you could be a, a, a prophet, it's all right to go and be a preacher. Why accept it at all? I think... I think probably the best one I could use is found here in uh, Revelation, uh, the first chapter. Would you allow a woman to be a preacher over you, personally? A preacher over me? You know, I've, I've uh, had or been in congregations where uh, the preacher was a woman, yes. Were you a member or you just a visitor? Visitor, visitor. Would you be a member of a congregation where it's headed up by a woman. I imagine so. You would. I imagine so, because here it says, um, let me see, in Revelation 1 6, he hath made us kings and priests unto God. And that doesn't give a distinction, that's in the New Testament. He hath made us. But that doesn't say he still wants us to be a preacher, though, women to be preachers. Well, but it says priest. Priest means uh, a righteous person. Mm hmm. You know, but, in, but in the context of, of the scripture, you know, a priest is one that ministers too. Does God want women to be over men? I don't think he wants women to be over men per se, but uh, by the same token. And uh, why doesn't he want them to be over men? You know, he, well, I'm just saying, you know, in Genesis, it says, you know, that he gave t to the man, you know, that he should be the head. Right. Uh, so. And why doesn't he want a woman to be the head? Would you ever allow a woman to be the head over you or your sons or your church? Well, you know, I, I think that's uh, <laughs> an individual thing. Right, that's what I'm asking you personal but, as a but, pastor <clears throat> of a church. Would you ever allow that to happen? You know, I, I, I've had... Like I said, I've been in congregations, so I don't think there's a problem. No, I mean, over your church, you, you had a three different congregations. Right. Mm -hmm. Would you allow that to happen? Well, that probably wouldn't happen in my situation. Because, because you No, because, you know, there's one pastor overall. And, and that's that it. pastor is a man. Yes, right. has been. But if that pastor should become a woman, would you accept that? Yeah. You would? Mm -hmm. Even though God's order is not that, you would still accept it? Well, you know, you're saying God's order is not that, but, you know, that's not what I find uh, in, in the New Testament as far as... Pastor David, do me a favor, please. Okay. Tell them how to reach you real fast, your number. You have any information how they can get in? We're out of time on this segment. Okay. You know what? He'll do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We just okay. ran out of time. Okay. That 30 minutes. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Pastor Ken Davis is my guest. He's the head of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Midland, Odessa, and Big Spring, Texas. And uh, I appreciate having him here. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. Um, our, our time goes by fast, so we're going to move fast. Okay. But feel free to just throw whatever you want in. Um, judgment. Are we allowed to judge one another? 
we're going to be part of a judgment, you know, because the Bible tells us that, you know, we will judge angels and what have. But the judgment is not until after Jesus comes. And it will be basically to understand why people aren't in heaven. Right. Judging people here on earth, we're not to judge one another. But we can inspect their fruits or see what their lives are like. Um, and so <clears throat> if we can't judge one another, how do we tell another person, your wife, your, your children, or your friends, or your enemy, how do you say to mm -hmm. them, you are wrong? Well, you can probably say, you know, this is not right, you know, what you're doing or whatever, you know. And probably try to tell them uh, in an easy way, uh, you know, this is what God wants us to do in this situation. Or So if I wanted to tell you, Pastor David, that you're wrong about something, I would have to say, excuse me, Pastor David, I don't really mean any harm. Don't take this personal, uh, forgive me, but you're wrong? Well, I can I just say, Pastor, this is wrong? I think, I think both ways are, are a good way, but uh, I think, you know, you have to give them uh, a reason why it's wrong. But why do you have to tiptoe when you tell a person the truth? Why must you tiptoe? I don't think you need to tiptoe, but I think you need to do it in love. That's what Jesus always did. He always did whatever he did when he told whatever he did it in love, with one exception, and that was when he <laughs> threw the money changers out of it. And, and what is love? Love is being the, treating somebody else the way you would want to be treated. You know, love is being godlike. Oh, okay. So I'm the kind of guy that light the truth straight up. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to... Don't want it sugar-coated. Right. You want it straight up. You yeah. say, Jesse, you're wrong, and here's why. Right. And so I'm the kind of guy that likes for people to treat me that way. If I'm wrong, just tell me. So should I treat others that way? Uh, that doesn't so always work. You said work. the way I like to be treated. Yeah, so that's I how I like to be treated. I, I understand, <laughs> you know. But, you know, that's not Christ-like sometimes. What do you mean? Because, you know... When he was confronted with the situation in the temple, you know, he he just threw him out. Right. But then, as as you read God, uh, the scriptures, you know, you find over and over he treated people very gently, and very caring. You know. When he said to the false teachers and hypocrites, he said, "You know what? You guys are liars. You're bag of bones. Mm -hmm. You're nothing." You know, he went off. He wasn't sweet and gentle. Right. Right. So we can do that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, when, when the time's appropriate, yeah. I think, you know, again, you know, God, Jesus worked it both ways, you know. When they weren't interested in what was right, then he's just straight out told them. But when he was trying to redeem a soul that was willing to listen, then he was always soft and tender to that person. Okay, so love is? Love is uh, being compassionate and, lo and uh, caring about their feelings and, and the situation that they're in. And then hate is what? Hate is uh, not loving them I as much. That's, that's the best definition that Genesis gives us. Is he, he loved uh, uh, Jacob, but he hated Esau. Esau, he didn't hate as we think of hate, but he hated in the sense that Esau was not responding to him, so he didn't uh, work on him or... or try as hard with him. How about, can a person, how do you know when you love? How do I know when I love? Uh, love is not always a feeling. Right. Uh, sometimes it's 
doing the right thing even though they're not responding. And, and, and that's how you know when you have love? Do you well, have love? I think I have love for most people, yes. But not all? No. Why not all? Because that's, that, <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> what could I say? I'm human. And, you know, God has to give me that love. Who I'm, you don't love? Can you answer that way? For most people. So there are people that you don't love. Who are those people that you don't love? Well, I think, you know, we all run into people that we don't have that natural uh, love. And we need God to help us to, to, to be kind and considerate to some people. And I'm sure in your business, you have people that you just rub you the wrong way, you know, and, and that's, that's life. But you need their, I remember the story of Corey Ten Boom when she uh, met the German officer that killed her sister. She said, you know, God, I can't even stand, and here he is coming to greet me. And uh, she said, you know, you're going to have to, you know, give me the forgiveness and the love that I need. And when the officer finally came to him, she put her arms around him and hugged him and what have you. Know, that's supernatural. But as a pastor, if you don't have love for some people, how would you be able to minister to them? If you don't, you know, you, you know they can rub you the wrong way or you don't necessarily love them, how would you be able to help them? That's where I have to ask God to help me have oh, that love it. for them. Um, I have to say, I, there's not one <clears throat> person on earth that I don't love, not one. And even my enemies, I love my enemies. And, and, and the way I love them is just not hating them. When you don't right. have hate, then you have love. And that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean I agree with them. I can point out that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. I can stand up against them. Mm -hmm. I just don't hate them. And in that, I, I have love. Mm -hmm. Am I, is something wrong with me? Well, I think that's what I'm saying. In, the, in different words, it's the same thing. You know, oh, okay. you know I, I don't you know, necessarily love them, but you know, I have to ask God to help me with that. How, how, how do people, most people, well, you wouldn't know, I guess, but how do people see, what's their impression of the seven-day Adventist religion? I think most people don't understand us. Uh, many do that have, have come in contact with seven-day Adventists. I think when people know us personally, they, they like us. It's just they've heard or they, somebody's misaligned us or whatever, and so then uh, we're not... What are some of the negative things they have heard or untrue things they have heard about the Seventh-day Adventists? I think one thing is that we're legalists because we want to keep the Sabbath rather than worship on the first day of the week, Sunday. And so, you know, they think that uh, we're stuck in the, in the law and we have no grace. But, you know, as I read God's Word from Genesis to Re Revelation, you know, there's nothing but grace all the way through. But again, it's a misconception. And so they're wrong by that? Well, I think, you know, they just don't know what we're all about. Um, healing. Does the Seventh-day Seventh Adventist teach us healing? Absolutely. You know, you know land I've, on our hands and all that? Uh-huh. And we've anointed, I've anointed many people and watched where uh, one man here in Odessa, he had uh, um, melanoma of the colon, and he had over 60 polyps, and they, he had an obstruction, and they had to go in and, remove a one-foot section of, of his colon and said, you know, go home and make your peace with God because you're going to die because the rest of it's going to get you. And I anointed him before he had the operation, and uh, three months later, they couldn't find any uh, cancer in his body whatsoever. I had another lady over in Hobbs when I was pastoring there, and she had uh, uh, a vertebrae that was uh, needed surgery and what have you. She was scheduled to go in to surgery on a Wednesday we had an anointing on on Sabbath, 
afternoon, and when she went out on Tuesday, she asked them to take another x-ray, and they did, and they could not find anything wrong with uh -huh. her, her. So anybody, how about uh, fasting? Do 70 minutes believe in fasting? Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. Oh, most religions believe that, right? Mm -hmm. um, women being the head of the home, does the uh, seven-day religion support that? We do. As head of the home? Right. Of the family? Right. Really? Right. And why do you support that? Is that in the scriptures? Yes. That the woman can be the head of the family? I'm sorry? That the woman should be, can be the head of the family? Uh, no. I was, I was thinking you were saying man was the head of the family. How about woman? Yeah, that's that happens because man is not there, is that, or not there spiritually. Is that, uh, is that, disorder or order when the woman is the head of the family? Sometimes, uh, you know, in the case where the man is not willing to take over, that's order. That's Absolutely. Order. And wh why do you say that's order? Well, because the man should be doing it, but many cases they're not there right. and they're not doing it. But have you noticed that most of the time, not all, of course, there are exceptions right. to the rule. But whenever the woman is the head of the family, the kids end up screwed up? Uh, that's not necessarily true. It depends on what the relationship with the you know. Well, I said with exceptions. Yeah. You know, it's rare, but exceptions. Yeah. Do you know of cases where the woman was the head of the family and the kids are not screwed up? Yeah. You do? Sure. sure. Meaning that they're not on drugs, they're not angry, they're right. not having sex out of wedlock and right. all that stuff. Right. Right. So is that ordained by God, or is it just a? You know, it, it, the uh, the woman being head of the family is necessary when the man is not doing it. Yeah. Right. In in most cases, though, I mean, I think you would agree with this. In most cases, whenever the woman is the head, everybody end up screwed up. Uh, I don't know what you're basing that on. You know, I would say that happens many times, but more not so than not, or I think it's on an individual basis. Like you know, I can't blanket anything. Well, all the all the stats shows that people in jail, those who are committing crimes, those who are having sex out of wedlock, mm -hmm. most of the time it's because the father has not been there to guide the family. I agree with and that. And the woman is the head of the family. Yeah, but you know that's because the the uh, man is not there it is because too many times the woman is trying to hold down two jobs and so she's not there either right. it's not in her nature to be the head right uh no that's not what god ordained it right and so maybe that's why everybody end up screwed up because she doesn't really have it to give if she had i'm sure she would for the most part but since it's not in her to do it that's why everybody end up screwed up you know I, I think there's there's something else that plays in here. You know, I have a friend, and, and she's a single mom, and uh, she always tells her children, go ask your father what uh, you should do. That's good. And he's not there, yeah, you know, a physical father, but she's talking about their heavenly father. Oh, go ask God. your heavenly father. Oh. Go ask your father what to do in this situation. Because she can't tell them? No, because she wants them to go back spiritually to him. You said that you were an alcoholic at one time? That's right. And how long ago was that? It was back in the uh, 60s and 70s. And why were you an alcoholic? I think because of some things that have happened, had happened to me in my childhood. You know? Like what? Uh, just different things that, that caused my distrust of, of people in general. Like what, for example? Mm. 
I can't think of anything right right off hand. And how were you you overcame being an alcoholic, and how did you overcome that? Um, basically, I, I uh, cried out to God one one day in the in the Navy and asked him to if he was up there that he could uh, would he take this alcohol away? And he sent two sailors to dry me out in the barracks. <laughs> And you got, that was hard? Was it hard to overcome it? It wasn't. You know, I was just amazed. Uh, I had the same experience with uh, cigarettes. I was smoking 68 cigarettes a day. How many? Maybe 68. Wow, a day? A day. That's three and a half packs. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, God, I already know you're up there now because you took the alcohol away. Right. So now I'm asking you to take this away and take the desire away. And he did, you know, and unlike uh, many people that are in AA or <clears throat> in uh, NA or something else, you know, uh, he just took it away, just like that. It was gone. You're not married? No. And you have children? No. And why are you not married? Have you ever just been haven't, married? Just haven't found anybody. In your whole lifetime? No. No one. What are you no. looking for? Just somebody that I can get along with, you know, <laughs> that enjoys the ministry. Yeah. I've, I've dated several people, and some have told me, you know, you're called for the ministry, but I'm not. And so. Yeah. Would you want to be married? Yes, oh, very much. Yeah. Um, I noticed that a lot of white ministers and uh, Baptist ministers, non-denominational white men, pastors, mm -hmm. or whatever, religious Catholics, they are afraid to tell black ministers the truth, black folks the truth for fear of being called a racist. Uh, my first question, do you think racism is holding black folks back? Somewhat. In what way? But, uh, you know, I think that has to do with the person because they have that perception. And I think there are some things that, you know, uh, they just can't do. You know, there's certain areas they can't go and what have. Mm -hmm. I find that even in my own congregation here, I have black members, and they tell me, you know, there's certain places, Pastor, I can't go. Like where? Well, I don't know what, you know, where they're saying, but they're just saying. You didn't ask where? <coughs> no, because they know. No, ask them. You know, where, I don't know anywhere in America that you can't go. You should ask where, where is this area you can't mm -hmm. go in mm -hmm. because they may be lying. I think uh, they're probably accurate. You know, there's, there's certain clubs or certain places like that that they can't go. You know, they're just not accepted. Man. And they know that. So. And they're not accepted because they're black? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that, you know, throughout the country as I've traveled. I've seen there's certain places that give them a hard time. What, what do you think the primary problem with black folks today? The, why, the reason that, you know, most of them are still whimping and whining and begging and, and blaming and, and everybody and their mama having babies by everybody and their daddies. Uh, crime is out of control and most of the black preachers are screwed up, you know, not caught by God. What's wrong with black folks? I think it's, you know, they're their idea of, of God and who God is. And many of them don't have a relationship with God. If they do have a relationship with God, there's many opportunities. God has... But 85% of them believe <clears throat> that they do have a relationship with God. Are you saying that they don't? I don't know. You know, uh, All I know is that some that I've met don't have that belief that God can help them in their present situation. No. That's really where the problem is. Have you heard of Jesse <clears throat> Jackson and those kind of people? Yes. Uh, Jesse Jackson, evil or good man? I don't know if I uh, I want to classify him that way. Uh, I think he's misled in a lot of areas. But not evil or good, you don't know? 
Well, like, like I said, I think he's misled and he's, he's uh, uh, not helpful in, in a lot of situations. Would you be able to, would, are you able to recognize a good man or evil man when you see one? Uh, that depends. I, I need to see their fruit, then I can tell you what, what, what you they're haven't seen Jesse Jackson. <clears throat> you haven't seen Jesse Jackson's fruits? I've seen some of the things, and like I said, some of the things he's good, but then there's a lot of things that aren't. What, what's good about some of the things that he's done? Well, um, I can't think of right, right now, good <laughs> or bad. <laughs> what's evil about some of the things he's done? You got me on that one. <laughs> David Duke, are you familiar with him? No. You've never heard of David Duke? No. Have you ever heard of the Ku Klux Klan? Oh, yeah. Evil or good people? I would say, you know, some of the things that they're doing is evil. Like it's, what? You know, uh, burning people and what have. Burning people? Yeah. They've uh, done that in the past, you know, and they've, they outright hate people of, of black origin or any color, really. Are there good things about them? I think probably there's lots of good things. Like what? Uh, I think they probably do lots of good and kind deeds to, uh, to people of, of the white race, but uh, when it comes to the blacks, no. Bill Clinton, well, you're familiar with him? Mm-hmm. Good man or evil man? Both. Both good and evil? Mm-hmm. So you can be both? <clears throat> I think there's, there's good and bad in both of us, in all of us, yes. So a man or a woman can be good or evil, good and evil? Yeah. You're saying, yeah. And how can you be when God said you can only serve one? You either love one or hate the other. Right. You can't be a both. <coughs> He's saying we can't be a both. How, you're saying we can. I think, you know, because people, uh, Christian or non-Christian, do good and evil, period. So God is wrong. No, I think, you know, that there's uh, good in, in all of us and there's bad in all of us. And some of it comes out. So ways. when God said that we can't be but of one or the other, what is he talking about then? If you're saying that we can be good and, mo and evil. Well, because, um, you know, Mary followed Jesus with all of her heart at times, but there was other times that she did not. Was Jesus good and evil? No. Was he good or bad? Always, or always evil? good. Always and good. he asked us to be as he is, right? Right. And so, if he's all good, and we're good and evil, how are we like him? Well, because when, when we follow him, we're trying, we're striving to follow him all the way, but that doesn't mean we have perfection here. So you actually believe that we can serve both gods? No, I believe that we are in the flesh at times, and we, serve, we, we don't do what's right Where's, necessarily Do you have scriptures to back <clears throat> Uh... I, I look at the instance in Romans 7 where Paul says, you know, I want to do the good, but I don't right. all the time. And, and that's, just, that's just life, unfortunately. And he concluded, though, that the reason that he wasn't because of the sin that was in him, that, mm -hmm. that made a home in him, right? Right. And, well, but we all have that evil nature. That, once he recognized that he had that nature, he understood that he needed to be born again. Right. Because he said, of oh, myself, I can do nothing. I realized. Right. You know, right. Christ would have to do this. So right. he had to be born again. Right. He didn't seem to accept that, well, I'm good and I'm evil. He wanted good, but he had to get rid of the evil first. Right. Right. So he, he, didn't, he wasn't both then, right? Well, but, you know, he, he recognized that he had a struggle. 
And that's what it tells us in Romans 7, that he had a struggle right. in his life. But he didn't accept it as being something he needed to hold on to. Right. But if you accept that you're good and evil, then why bother getting, getting which one would you want to get rid of? The evil. Why? Because we want to follow Christ. I want to, I want to have... So it is possible not to be evil, just be good. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> and I qualify that by saying, because we struggle, we all struggle in our life. What is and, what? Oh, okay. Go ahead. And, and just to simple, you know, you know, we can get ready for, for church, you know, but then be uh, telling the wife and the kids and what have, you know, come on, it's time to go. We're getting upset with them. You know, that's, that's not God-like, but right. we do it. I mean, this is reality. I want to go back to this question because I forgot the answer. I okay. think I asked, and I don't even know if you replied. Would you ever, uh, Pastor Davis, would you ever allow a woman to be over you? And what context? Either in marriage, in your home, I don't or, think in marriage it's or right, in a church right setting. In the church setting, I, you know, you're saying as a pastor, yes. You would allow a woman to be over yes. you? Yes. You say yes? But... You say okay. yes, you would as a pastor. As a pastor, just in the sense that she's the pastor. You would. Why would you allow that? Well, because that's happening, whether I like it or not. It's happening. But that doesn't mean you have to let it happen to you because you're not like forced to be in the church setting, right? No, but I think, you know, in, in the church. Um, oh, okay. I have a question for you then. You said, yes, I would allow this woman to be over me because it is happening. <clears throat> not mm -hmm. because it's right, but because it's happening, right? Am I right about okay, that? Okay, okay. Would you let a homosexual preacher be over you? No. Why not? It's happening. Yeah, I, I agree, but I don't think that's going to happen with uh, <laughs> our church. <laughs> but if it I should, know that won't happen. But if it should happen with your church, <clears throat> if your it congregation or whoever made these decisions. It won't, it won't. Do, do your church have like a board of directors that make decisions or is this well, on you? No, this is a, a, a general conference that directs the church worldwide. Okay, so if this worldwide conference decided, you know what, God love us all, homosexuals have a right too, we're gonna start incorporating this. Would you, would you allow that to happen? No. You would, what would you do? I would protest against it and do whatever necessary to pull away from it. You would leave the church? Well, I would do whatever is necessary, whatever. Why wouldn't you accept that? Because <clears throat> that's not. If it's all happening, it's happening, your, mm -hmm. your church, the wide church said, okay, why would you accept that? You, as you would accept a woman being the head of the church. Because, you know, I don't think that the, uh, uh, the homosexual is right. I know it's not right, biblically, okay? You asked me about the right woman. biblically either, about the woman either. You asked me about the woman, and I said, you know, God has used women as prophets. You know, and that's New Testament as well as Old Testament. You never found that for me. No, I didn't. Yeah. You have to get that for me. Okay. And I'll come back and say, well, here's okay. the evidence. Because I don't see that in the Bible okay. either. So you're saying, no, I would never accept a homosexual pastor over me. Right. But you would a woman. Yeah, if that's, that's where I was, I would, yes. Uh, and the reason, because the Bible says, does the Bible say a homosexual can't be a preacher? It says he won't accept them, period. You know, uh, in that lifestyle. He accepts them as a person, but not in that lifestyle. And there's a difference. Will they go to hell if they die as a homosexual? If they don't have a relationship with Jesus, yes. How about if they had a relationship with Jesus but still was a homosexual? Would they go to hell or heaven? I'm going to have to let God decide that one because <laughs> I'm not that That's wise. That's a good answer. <laughs> 
what, what, can you talk to the audience, those who are not seven-day Adventists, and help them overcome not being one? I mean, what would you say to people who are not seven-day Adventists? Help them to overcome what? Uh, if, if, let me ask this word first. If a person is not a Seventh-day Adventist, right. is he or she going to hell or heaven? That depends on their relationship with Jesus. Can they have a relationship with Jesus Absolutely. without being a Seventh-day Adventist? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Uh, which religion is the best religion to be a part of? Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> and why? <laughs> why? Because we're following Jesus. Jesus gave the Ten Commandments, and fourth is one of those, which right. people ignore, typically. And so, you know, I would say, you know, being a Seventh-day Adventist is what, you know, we should do because we're following Jesus more closely. And the other religions are not following him closely or not following as him As closely all? as they should. But they're following him somewhat? Somewhat. But not closely? As closely. Yeah, okay. Pastor, you've been good. Tell people how to call you to find, if they want to come to your church, your meetings. Tell them how to get in contact with you. Okay. Uh, or any local Seventh-day Adventist church. Uh, here, the number is 432-694-2746 um, in Midland. Uh, and I'll just leave it to that for oh, now. Yeah. Repeat that again. 432-694-2746. All right. Feel free to email us, email me, or call me. The information is going to be given to you at the end of, the, of this uh, program about any comments or suggestions that you had about this show or any other show. Thank you, Pastor McCormick. Thank you. All right. <laughs>